What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It is Friday, and you know what that means. Another conversation with a modern day marketer that matters. This time, I am joined by Holly Inneking, who's the VP of Marketing at Lev. Shout out, Lev. They've got a big digital event coming up, Ultraviolet. Got the details in the show notes. Make sure you check that out. In this episode, she is talking about the art of marketing people over product, a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And there's a ton of information and insight that I promise you'll pick up from this one. If you like what we're doing over here, hit the subscribe button. Tell a friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am excited about this conversation, having a chat with someone who is although we're virtual, someone who is local to the Indianapolis area. We were actually just talking before I hit record that we graduated from the same university in the same graduating class, which is kind of fun and exciting. I just found that out this morning after looking at her uh, LinkedIn bio. But today I'm joined by Holly Inneking. She is the VP of marketing at Lev. We're going to be talking about the art of marketing kind of people over product. We've been talking a lot about people, people as your, uh, your number one distribution channel. And I felt like this would be a great time to bring in Holly based on her background and what she's currently doing to kind of chat it up. But without further ado, Holly, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Be a part of this. Yes, me, me too. I guess let's start here. A good place to start. Let's plug the company where you work. If people don't know about Lev, maybe give the background on who Lev is, what Lev does, and maybe some of the kind of customers that you serve. Yeah, absolutely. So Lev is a marketing-focused consultancy that's all about the customer experience and really helping our customers get the most out of the Salesforce platform. We all know and love Salesforce. It's a big platform with lots of opportunity. And especially if you're thinking about something like Marketing Cloud, there's so many ways to go and so many opportunities that a marketer can try and explore uh, that sometimes you need help unpacking what's the right thing for you. And that's really where Lev comes into the picture. Uh, So we work closely with marketers who are leveraging Marketing Cloud and really products across the Salesforce ecosystem in order to better connect with their customers, uh, be innovative in how they're using the platform and really set themselves up for success as they go further down the road and really make marketing a meaningful part of the business. Our headquarters is in Indianapolis. We have you know, employees all across the, uh, the globe. Now at this point, we also have an office in the UK. Uh, we've got lots of people across the United States. Um, and we're also part of a global company called Cognizant. So we were acquired back in March of uh, 2020 uh, into a, a huge organization that focuses on marketing cloud, focuses on Salesforce, but the whole breadth of consulting as well. Uh, but we fit in a nice little pocket within their Salesforce ecosystem, specifically focused on marketing cloud and now have the benefit of the expertise that our team can provide alongside all of the expertise that we can access with inside Cognizant. So now we can uh, bring even more to our customers when it comes to marketing cloud and how that fits with sales and service cloud and financial services cloud and health, all of these wonderful cloud offerings within Salesforce. We can bring all of that together. Uh, so we're really lucky to be a part of this bigger organization and have all of those resources while still being hyper-focused on the customers that we're serving. We typically fall really and play really well within um, comms and media, financial services, health and life sciences, uh, retail, travel, hospitality, really all of those are a great fit for us. The challenge more is, you know, a marketer who's making that investment in Salesforce, if they're really looking to do more than just do a basic implementation, if they really want to get that ROI on the Salesforce investment, Lev is, is the partner they should be considering. 
That is awesome. And just as a someone who's been following Lev just in the local tech scene here, I, I, it's hard to put too many companies that I've seen with the growth rate and trajectory that Lev has seen over the last you know three to five years. It's been really fun. And they've got a lot of awesome people, people that I used to work with, people like Holly that are making it happen. So maybe we, I think the conversation that we're going to have is going to be around this kind of mindset from like a services company perspective. But I also think like so many people that listen to the show, you know, work not only on the services side, but also work for kind of SaaS product-based businesses. I think it would be helpful maybe before we get into it to kind of let the audience know maybe before Lev, what you were up to, um, just so we can kind of paint the picture of what thing, the things that you might say and the things that we're going to have a conversation with aren't mutually exclusive to just service-based businesses. So maybe share some background before Lev. Yeah, absolutely. So being in a services business definitely was the first time experience for me coming into Lev. Before Lev, I spent four really wonderful, fulfilling years at a company called Return Path. Uh, which was a, a, a you know traditional SaaS company focused on deliverability and really helping email marketers make sure that their emails are landing at the top of the inbox. Uh, and so in my time at Return Path, I uh, was in charge of our brand and digital team, which was essentially demand generation. So really traditional when you're thinking about how we were leveraging content, microsite experiences, um, digital, you know, creative experiences that we could create. We did some really fun series around like video games and other interactive things uh, that we really used to help drive demand for the business in order to then, you know, meaningfully pass on qualified leads into our sales development organization and up into sales and really drive that conversion in the pipeline. Uh, so it was much more traditional sort of role when it came to being product led, really thinking about, you know, our cadence as marketing as part of a broader cadence within the organization of product launches and releases and where the, the product was growing and evolving and how that really influenced what we were doing from a marketing perspective and had the opportunity to do that, you know, across what the brand experience was, what our digital experiences were, uh, and in close collaboration with our product teams, our content teams, our field marketing teams, sort of all of those groups. Uh, within a pretty broad marketing organization, I think Return Path had around 40 people globally in marketing uh, when I was a part of the team. Uh, but as often ha- happens with, you know, SaaS companies, Return Path was acquired by a company called Validity. Um, and so at that's the point uh, wherein I moved over to Lev and sort of dove into the services business, which was a first time experience for me, but was great because I got to take a lot of the learnings of, you know, how I was thinking about marketing and the types of experiences that were meaningful and the ways that I would think about, you know, messaging and positioning and um, really creating meaningful interactions that create those qualified opportunities applying all of those same sort of principles, just with a very different offering on the other side of it. So it's not necessarily a product that someone's logging into and using, but person-to-person interactions that they're having now instead and how that is really driving what the business is. Uh, So it was sort of a shift, but there's so much similarity really at the end of the day uh, that made that transition a lot smoother than I think I anticipated early on. And let's dive into it and let's explore that a little bit. So I think uh, I wanted to set the stage so the listeners could understand transition from being a marketer, being marketing leader on the a SaaS product-led side to transitioning over to services-led business where people are the product. I think just from the top way, like what, during that transition, you mentioned like there were a lot of similarities, but like, what do you think, like, what were the your biggest observations on like the biggest differences in that move from moving to kind of positioning and selling 
return path, which is an email tool and did a lot of other things to now kind of the promotion of the individual people at Lev. Yeah. I think one of the things that was really interesting was figuring out, you know, what, what the cadence of our marketing sort of world over the course of a month, a quarter, a year looks like without sort of the natural milestones of we've got a product launch coming up. We've got this sort of feature that's being released and using that sort of as a driver around maybe how you're shaping content releases or events that you're having, or, you know, direct mail that you're sending with the absence of those sort of milestones and guideposts, it really became about inventing opportunities on the marketing side where, and we could have meaningful conversations, be intentional about the, you know, types of stories and successes that we wanted to tell. Some of that's then driven by Salesforce and acquisitions they're making, uh, features that they're releasing and how that impacts the type of work that we do. But it's only a piece of it and doesn't necessarily, you know, drive us in the same way that within a SaaS organization, I'm thinking about that. And so one of the things that we really found, especially for Lev, were two opportunities that were really important for us. One of them is really using the expertise of our people and talking about their skills, their knowledge, you know, the insights that they can add to a team in order to make them successful and really leaning into that in a meaningful way. And that really manifested itself through content. The other thing that we found that was really successful for us was really taking our culture as a central component of our brand and using that as how as a framework for how we were going to market. One of the things that Michael Burton, our CEO, likes to say is that our culture is our brand and our brand is our culture. They are very interchangeable. And I think that's important and works for us in the marketplace because the happiness of our team and the work that they're doing, because they're the ones who are plugging in and helping these other companies, that becomes really important to put out in the forefront and really as a differentiator for Lev that it becomes a great opportunity for us to talk about our people and live at a broader perspective, more so than, you know, maybe hyper-focused on an individual. Uh, you know, the teams are always changing. We're bringing new people in, people are moving on. Um, but that culture is really consistent. If we can focus on that, then that gives us an opportunity to have a bigger conversation about the value of our team and what we can provide and how we can plug in and make other marketers successful in a way that allows us to talk more about the people than about necessarily the product. And in our case, the you know, our people are the product that we're talking about. We, we've been talking a lot about just the the way marketing is shifting and how people are finding out about your business through your the people on the front line, the people who are creating your content. They're making connections on Twitter, in Slack communities. And once those relationships are built, then when there's a problem, the audience that has been developed says, oh, well, I know Holly at this company. Let me go check out what they do. I think we had a conversation what they solve a problem that I currently have. And that's really like, that movement is happening just in B2B SaaS. And it is how people are finding out and buying product just through people. And as I explore this, it just makes sense just based on consumer habits, behaviors. My question back to you is, have you, have you found that working in a services business where this is kind of like, this is your MO, this is what you're doing, you're promoting your people. Have you found that to be easier to do from a marketing perspective than kind of traditional, like I'm going to market this product. Has it been more difficult or any just uh, commentary you can provide on that would be awesome. Yeah. I think if there's anything that's difficult, it's that the breadth of things we can talk about is so vast that being really focused on the meaningful things that we want to talk about right now and not get getting distracted by shiny objects can be really hard. 
Um, and also too, when we're working, you know, we spend a lot of time sort of recruiting our internal teams to help create content. A lot of our blog that we have right now, I contribute to our uh, head of content, Brie Mullally. She writes a lot of it, but she works really hard with a lot of our internal teams to recruit them, to get them to write, to help them, you know, craft content that we can put out on the website. And that takes a lot of time and energy and getting them to talk, you know, you know, being selective about what we're spending our time on and what stories are interesting and what's sort of relevant in the moment. That can certainly be a challenge. But I think there's also sort of a benefit too of, you know, one of the things that we found pretty early on when I came on board and we really started building out this content strategy was that content that was really like hyper-focused on being helpful, like actionable takeaways that someone could use right now. That was the stuff that was performing really well. And so while like thought leadership certainly has a place in our content strategy, it's actually a smaller piece. And we get to focus more on like, if we're putting something out into the market, like what is the thing that someone who's reading this can take away and put into action tomorrow, today even, in order to be more successful. And that's been really a great guidepost for us of helping us get that focus that we need of like, where should we be spending time? If it's not solving a problem, let's forget about it. And I think it goes to a conversation that I see a lot in marketing. Like if I'm, you know, scrolling through LinkedIn and reading, you know, all of the long posts and things, you know, one of the constant themes that's out there is like, are you solving problems? Like focus on the people that you're you're serving and the problems that you're solving. I think it then becomes reflective of the way that our teams are operating with our customers. They are solving immediate problems with the insights and expertise that they have. And so by bringing that to our content experience, it then builds credibility of the brand, builds credibility of our teammates, and creates an opportunity for someone to learn something and want to learn more things in order to be successful. And so it's created this great sort of opportunity to um, to bring people in and create meaningful experiences without necessarily being hyper-focused on selling love or selling a particular service offering or anything like that. It's really about just like truly trying to add value in order to make these marketers more successful. So I would imagine in probably not every case when there's a problem and you want to create content around it, you're probably not saying, maybe you are, maybe you're not, you can tell me, but you're probably not raising your hand and saying, since I'm the VP of marketing at Lev, I need to be creating this content around this topic because I'm the best person to be the voice of this or answer the question that are related to this problem. My, My hunch is that you are quarterbacking the process where it's like, okay, well, here's something we want to talk about based on my bench of internal subject matter experts. These are the people that I want to bring into this content process to help answer these questions for our audience. And then it'll be my job and my teams to promote this out based, based on that scenario, I guess, what is your process internally to kind of rally the troops and select your subject matter experts and get them involved in the content process and content creation at left. Yeah. So if anything, I am so lucky that I get to lead marketing for a company that's full of marketing experts. Like you (laughs) would think that maybe would be very intimidating, but if anything, I have so many smart people with so much experience and expertise at my fingertips all the time. That really, at the end of the day, I don't have to be an expert in any particular, you know, form or fashion other than marketing love. Like, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to tell the love story and make sure people understand our value, how we can help them and how we can serve them. Um, But I have all of these other people internally who are just the most incredible marketers that know so much about 
you know, when we're talking about deliverability, we're talking about email design, we're talking about data-driven analytics, we're talking about uh, personalization and hyper-personalization and all these really deep topics that uh, require a lot of hands-on expertise to really bring that credibility to the story. And I get to then work with these people internally and Brie gets to work with them and our entire marketing organization gets to work with them. Uh, to figure out like, what are the stories that we really want to tell? What do we see as, what do we see outside of Lev as the trends and opportunities and how do we pull in the right people in order to, you know, respect the time that they have because they're really busy serving our customers and trying to bring value to them. So we've got to be respectful and clear on our asks and really support them in order to get, you know, those really interesting stories and those really interesting use cases out of them. But I think Ultraviolet, our conference is a great example of being able to really put some of these subject matter experts front and center and say, you know, we want to talk about, you know, personalization. We want to talk about um, customer data platforms. We want to talk about data and analytics and what that means and how it can drive design. Um, And we get to then go to all of our internal teams and even some of our customers and say, we want, you know, 30 minutes from you to talk about this opportunity and what's something really actionable you can deliver right now and sort of cram that into two days. It's all about putting all of our subject matter experts front and center. The only session that I'm doing at that is an interview with one of our keynote speakers, Kara Swisher. Everyone else is, everything else is being led by love experts who are hands-on with our customers every single day, putting their expertise out into the market um, because they're the ones who really have all this great knowledge and we just have to find the good opportunities to help them get it out into the world and out into sort of a broader group of people than the customers that they're serving right now. Just uh, such a such a professional marketer plugging the upcoming <laughs> event in the response. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to clo- close. We're going to put the details in the show notes and promo and all that stuff. But definitely we'll close out to share more details on Ultraviolet. And so you can give a rundown on the agenda uh, of the agenda. Uh, but I, I want to get to the Salesforce topic yeah. where Salesforce is such a monster. Uh, so many clouds, so many products, so many people obviously a massive opportunity for a a services business like Lev. You know, there's so many angles, avenues to get their attention, to get the right people's attention. I would love since like we're talking about the promotion of people trying to start conversations, obviously to help service customers of Salesforce and obviously drive revenue for Lev. I would love for you to maybe just, I think it's just a fascinating topic. Like, from a marketing perspective, like your outlook on just the relationship with Salesforce and how you all approach it at Lev. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that we take treat our Salesforce relationship with as much care and respect as we treat the relationship that we have with our customers. We want to be adding value to Salesforce in a real meaningful way. And for us, that means really adding value to the Salesforce sellers that we're partnered with. So in addition to moving from a product to a services business, one of the changes that was really significant moving from return path to love was moving from, you know, a setup that was really about demand generation and bringing in prospects to, you know, a way of working that's much more about channel marketing. A majority of our time on the marketing side of the business is about marketing into Salesforce and making sure that Salesforce sellers know who we are, how we can help them be successful in selling and how we can help them be successful with delivering value to their customers long term so that they keep them as Salesforce customers for the foreseeable future. 
And so in a lot of ways, it's a whole different audience that we're talking to with a whole different set of value propositions that we're trying to think about. And for us, it's really about we want to have as close of personal relationships with the sellers that we're working with as we can so that they know when they've got a customer that they want, you know, that they've been selling a great Salesforce vision to that they've got a partner who can come in and really help deliver on that vision uh, alongside them that can sell with them, that can close with them, and that over the long term can continue continue to deliver value with them. Um, And so that means that we have to be as forthright with building those relationships as we are with trying to build relationships with our customers long-term. So we spend a lot of time communicating directly to Salesforce sellers, talking about their problems and challenges, talking about how our sellers can help them in the selling process. And that's been a really meaningful way for us to, you know, create and build and nurture relationships long-term. One of the reasons that I think Love has been so successful is from the top down, like from Michael all the way down to our individual AEs, everyone is really concerned with how are we helping Salesforce? How are we helping them be successful? Because it helps us be successful and helps our customers be successful. Like that triad of relationships is really meaningful. um, And it's not something that we can take for granted. And so we really put a lot of time and energy content for them, event experiences for them, digital experiences for them uh, that really help demonstrate our value to them as a partner and why they should want to work with us and our value to their customers because they're hyper-focused on that too. They want their customers to be successful and happy in the platform and working with a partner that's committed to that as well as only to their benefit. So uh, so we spend a lot of time thinking about that Salesforce relationship and it's really one-to-one. Like there are a lot of, the Salesforce ecosystem, like you said, is huge. There's a lot of ways to go. Um, and one of the ways that we've really found value is just being hyper-focused on the people that we're on the ground with, talking to customers with, because that's where the really meaningful conversation conversations and relationships are being built. You mentioned all of those like programs or types of uh, activities you have in place to stay top of mind with the Salesforce rep. We all know that it is really difficult to get a sales rep's attention. Very, very difficult. We've all been there. I would imagine that there's a lot of people, a lot of other companies like Lev doing, trying to do the same thing, competing for their attention. We, we know that when a salesperson is selling something, Typically, when they when they need something, it's you know to get the contract over the line. That's when they'll say, "Oh, wait a minute! Like I think there was this company called Lev, and they did something that this future customer needs. Uh, maybe I should go call someone." So, like, I'm envisioning like a lot of what you're doing is kind of this brand building activities to stay top of mind for the sellers at Salesforce in order to consider partnering with Lev if the opportunity presents itself. Uh, how are you thinking about just like your activities? Do you like, I know it's tough, especially on like the brand building. So it's tough enough on brand building with your own company, but then just to think about brand building activities and then results on the other side with a company as big as Salesforce and through salespeople. Like I'd love to maybe just understand how you, how you think about that and maybe like how you potentially track success around that. Um, anything there you'd like to share would be fun. Yeah, one of the things that we've been really focused on, especially within Salesforce, and I think it comes across more broadly, especially, you know, in how we're going to market in some other spaces like social and things. But we try and be a brand that, you know, we take our work really seriously, but not ourselves. And we try and be as fun as possible. Like at the end of the day, we're still talking to people who are, you know, relatively like ourselves. They're trying, you know, trying to have as much joy in their day as they can. They just want to do their jobs well and be successful and have as much fun along the way as they can. And so how can we add to that? Um, and use that as an opportunity to stand out. And so we try and in our content have a little more levity in what we're saying. Levity, 
I'm making my own puns at this point now. Uh, we just try to have a little more fun with it and be, you know, that is an opportunity to stand out. It doesn't all have to be sour and black and white. Like we can have a little lightness in, in the way that we're partnering and communicating in, with one another because that then becomes true and the one-to-one relationships that we're having. Uh, so some of the campaigns that we've done that have been super successful have really leaned into having fun with our brand. And that has been, you know, a way that we can stand out. Uh, a campaign that we've been doing for two years now, when new uh, Salesforce reps come in, they get a series from us that we call All You Need Is Love. It's an entirely musical punned uh, series of emails that we send that are all about educating them about who love is, what we do. Uh, we send them a nice little swag box with a, a Bluetooth player in it. And there's stickers and all these things. And it's all, you know, songs with love that we've changed to love. And it is something that really stands out and people remember it. One of my favorite stories is that um, our CEO, Michael, was in New York uh, after we had sent it out the first time and someone stopped in it because in the hallway like, oh, can I help you find somewhere? And he was like, oh, I'm Michael, I'm with Lev. And they're like, all you need is Lev. They like remembered the email that they had gotten just a couple weeks before because it was different and fun and it wasn't trying too hard to be serious. And it really, you know, stood out and got attention in a meaningful way. And that was an, a sort of a light bulb moment for us of like, there's an opportunity here to bring the same type of fun that we want to be having in marketing to the relationship that we're having with our sellers and use that as an opportunity to add value and, and to bring sort of success on both sides rather than trying to be just another sort of similar, you know, brand in the game. Like, let's not be afraid of standing out and being a little different and having a little more fun. If we're going to be doing it, we may as well be having fun, right? That's so good. And I'll just shout out, I did not think I would comment on swag, but I received a Bluetooth speaker from a partner eight years ago, and I still use it today when I'm on the porch and everything. So that's a tip, pro tip to any marketer out there, send Bluetooth things, people will use them. So true, absolutely. Uh, Let's close it out with this. You've shared a ton here, a lot of good nuggets. Maybe since you've been on both sides of it, working for a a company with a traditional SaaS product, now working for a company that's selling their people into some of the biggest organizations, that we know like Salesforce, what kind of feedback can you give? I think we're, we're talking more about promotion of people just in general in marketing, but based on your experience, what kind of feedback can you give to kind of the traditional B2B SaaS marketer who's been maybe just marketing a product their entire career and maybe wants to start thinking about how they can position their people or themselves at their organization? Yeah, I think the thing for me, that is something that I think I'll take on with me, you know, and whatever else I do in my life as a marketer is really this idea of like, you're talking to real people with real problems. And how are you helping solve those problems? At the end of the day, that's all we're trying to do with the software that we're building, the services that we're providing. We're really trying to help someone be successful and solve a meaningful problem that's holding them back in some way. We want them to get past that and do something, you know, more successful, more effectively, you know, to a better outcome in the end. Um, And so really being focused on what those problems are, how you're solving them, and then how you're delivering that to your audience in a way that makes the most sense for them. Uh, Not every audience, you know, reacts, you know, I can be super fun and playful with marketers and sellers. That may not necessarily be the case for, you know, financial services or health and life sciences. But if you take the time to really unpack, you know, what is it your audience cares about? What do they need to hear in order to, you know, feel that trust and credibility with your brand? And how are you really answering the question of like, so what for them, not for you and what you want, but what is it that they want and how can you help them achieve it? I think really using that to guide every activity that you're doing, coming back to that central question of like, what problem am I solving with this activity that's adding value to my end user? 
I, I think that's the best way that we can focus, whether it's product, whether it's services, no matter what the sort of end, you know, form or function is, I think that has to be the driving force. Ultraviolet 2022 is happening April 12th and 13th. I can't believe that this this is already here again. I felt like you you were all just coming off the heels. I'm just, I'm just an outsider looking in. I'm sure you feel the same way. Maybe talk a little bit about what anyone who is going can expect and uh, give the rundown and any kind of ways people can go check it out and anything you want to plug here on it. Yeah, so Ultraviolet is our annual conference that we do specifically for people who are using or considering using Salesforce, particularly Marketing Cloud. We've got two days, 30 sessions of content with four great keynote speakers. We've got Ira Glass, Kara Swisher, Crystal Washington, um, Bobby Jania, who are all coming in and presenting. But then, like I said, uh, more than 30 sessions from love experts and some of our customers talking about uh, personalization with Interaction Studio, getting more data into your uh, marketing program with Datarama, um, how you can you know, make the most out of the journeys that you're building, um, your SMS campaigns, um, all of the work that you're trying to bring together across marketing cloud, sales and service, and what that can look like. And really for us, the intention is that we want every session to deliver some sort of actionable takeaway that the marketers can start applying to their work today, tomorrow, in the future, so that they're really getting the most out of their relationship with Salesforce and their use of the platform in the long term. Uh, so anyone who's interested in registering, you can go to ultravioletconference.com. All of the agenda is listed there. All of our speakers are listed there. Uh, and the link to register is there as well. Uh, I'm really excited about just having another opportunity to put this on again. It was a wonderful event experience last time around. And I think we've only added more to it this time around when it comes to the content, the networking opportunities, um, and just the experience that people can expect over the two days. So check out ultravioletconference.com and register. Uh, you can also reach out to me directly on LinkedIn and I'm happy to help anyone get registered or learn more about the conference as well. Go check it out, Holly. Thank you so much for dropping some knowledge on the podcast and sharing your experiences. Everyone go check out Ultraviolet. We will have to have you back on post-conference and talk about how it went. I'm sure there's a topic that we could unpack that would be fun. Absolutely, I look forward to it. Awesome. Take care. Thank you. Holly is full of insight and knowledge when it comes to marketing people, especially coming from a services business. I learned a ton. Hopefully you did too. Go check out Ultraviolet. They've got an awesome list of presenters and conversation topics that I think will be relevant to you, the listener of the Modern Day Marketer podcast. Take care, have a good week, and we'll be back next week with more.